No, see, you missed when I basically put them through nerd uh, water torture. Who? <laughs> Be- the- by just making them do that Marvel thing. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. That was the oh. first episode of our podcast my mom <laughs> has listened to, which when I found that out, I was like, oh no, how much did I curse? <laughs> well, that's, uh, I have a friend of you, uh, the guys over at Black Series Rebels, uh, they're like, they like to call themselves the Wayne's World of like Star Wars podcasts. And <laughs> every time they curse, Steve like does the hashtag sorry Patty, like to say sorry to his mom. So you could just do hashtag sorry, what's your mom's name? Norma. Sorry, Norma. Just 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 turn off the podcast. Turn it down for a second. <laughs> I have friends who do like a D and D playthrough podcast mm-hmm. and he's like, Yeah, we, we censor it so we can keep it family censor. friendly. <laughs> and I just thought like I do not have that kind of time. Cens- censor your fucking D and D podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Hello, super friends, and welcome to Nerds for Normal People, the podcast bringing nerd culture to a normal world. I am your master of the geekly arts, Daniel Dunstan, and with me, as we talk solo today, are two of the best nerds I know from the now two or three-time Emmy-nominated Hey Kentucky, (laughs) just gonna... Sneak that in there real quick. <laughs> a humble brag, you know. <laughs> Chris Tomlin, Chris, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Just doing just, well. Just so you know, every time anybody says solo, I'm going to chime in with solo. I can't hear you. Oh, terrific! Terrific time all night. <laughs> <laughs> so low at the box office, but oh, we'll talk shit. about that later. Boo! <laughs> Boo! <laughs> And of course, we couldn't talk Star Wars without Bill Sheehy. Bill, welcome. Thank you, thank you. You know, I've been thinking about what my intro should be today, and it's got to be something Star Wars, so I'll do the uh, stereotypical, hello there, by Obi-Wan Kenobi. So there you go. Hello there. Happy to be back. Excited to finally talk some Star Wars. I have not been able to talk about this film. Let's do this. <laughs> Bill has been itching for this podcast. For someone who, on the very last appearance, you're like, I'm just glad to not talk exactly. Star Wars. Now you're like, please let me on. It's either, it's either or. There's, there's no in between. <laughs> talk or do not talk. There, there is no try. There you go, man. Let's do it. All right. Well, we have all three seen... Solo, it should be mentioned, uh, David and Noah aren't here with us, because they neither of them have seen it yet, and they also are both kind of busy right now. Well, I, I think they're responsible for the low box office numbers. I, I blame <laughs> Noah it. and David just solely for that. They are not I mean, holding up their end. They're not, yeah. I, I mean, Noah would have probably seen it in IMAX. That's at least a few extra bucks. Yeah, I'll make up for it, because my son wants to now go see it in IMAX. So oh. we might go see it oh. again. It's not that it's not worth it. I it's saw it not, in IMAX on oh. yeah, the other right. night and it wasn't. So just go just well, save your money. Did okay. you go to real IMAX or Lexington IMAX? Lexington IMAX. Because <laughs> I've heard that one's not that great. Yeah, I mean it's it's we have an IMAX screen now. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was going to do that for, like, some maybe an infinity war and had someone who was like, You really don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, 
It, it oh, Infinity wasn't War worth... wasn't that great in IMAX? Mm-mm. Really? Not, not that surprises really. me. Well, it, it's 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 been on and off because I saw The Last Jedi in IMAX 3D and I loved it and I thought that it was it, it added to the experience. But I, I don't know what it is. The past two movies, I saw Black Panther and... Ooh, I would think that would be yeah, great in IMAX. It was good. It, like, it was fine. But like if I had just gone to a regular movie theater, I think I would have gotten the exact same experience. So... I hmm. still say my favorite IMAX movie I've ever seen. Still Pacific Rim, I think. Really? Yeah, no, I could see it. I just it. thought it was great. I felt like it was, I was like, oh, finally a movie that seems to be made to watch this way. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. and it's, IMAX is built for like big spectacle <clears> films, <throat> and there's nothing, there's not a movie that's been made recently with more style and spectacle than the first Pacific Rim. Yeah. Second Pacific Rim kind of loses all that, but that's another story. <laughs> oh, did you see it, Daniel? You did? Yeah. And I saw can, can you give us a quick, uh, just a quick paraphrase? Uh, what's your log line for your review there? Uh, okay, Pacific Rim Uprising. It is, what if you made the first Pacific Rim without the style of Del Toro? Uh, and did it he just not kinda, do it? No. no. Oh, he, that is so, a big difference. Someone else did, and it just loses... <laughs> Because he infused the first one with, like, cool, like, anime-ish style, and it was all spectacle and fun, and the second movie just was super generic. Yeah. And it has a really dumb sequel hook. (laughs) Hey, before we get into Solo, can I ask one more kind of uh, nerd question? Absolutely. Sure. Um, I noticed that David Harbour is on Marin's podcast this week. Are we getting close to Hellboy time? Uh, I think that's coming up. I it, it, is it this year? I well, think I mean, it's Harvard doesn't have anything year. else on the horizon except Hellboy and a third season of Stranger Things, and that's not anytime near. Well, but he just he didn't he go dancing with uh, penguins? They, there's always a chance to dancing talk with about that. penguins. He did. You can actually <laughs> look it what? up. That sounds like Greenpeace took him down for something because he helped like wait raise funds or something for them, and mm-hmm. like he he did his like Stranger Things season two dance yeah. with like a bunch of penguins. Marin is not going to reward that. I don't think it was for that. Uh, Hellboy is January eleventh, twenty nineteen. Okay, currently. so that, that is semi soon. I mean, it's... Well, I might see a trailer this summer, probably. Right? Yeah, yeah. we'd have. I to. mean, you're coming up on Comic Con if they're going to drop something. Mm-hmm. So that would be a good time. And I'll throw one more thing of my own before we get into solo talk. Okay. Uh they just dropped a uh into the Spider-Verse trailer. Yeah. That, that looks looks dope. Like it, it looks actually so good. It's I'm not a big Spider-Man guy, but like <gasps> br- I know that's <laughs> but like I'm really into Miles Morales as Spider-Man and I wish mm-hmm. that it if anything, this proves to me that you could probably bring him into the MCU, even with Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Even have, oh yeah, I think it would work because it, this just looks so cool and mm-hmm. has it just looks so different than anything we've gotten before. And I can't wait to see because they at the end they show Spider Gwen, and mm-hmm. so I'm just like, oh, I wonder how many of the alternate universe Spider-Men they're gonna bring in, and do we get Spider Ham? Because I really want us to get Spider Ham. Uh huh. Uh huh. There you go. <clears throat> that was one of my. That was I had issue number one of that comic. Really? Yeah, that might I did. actually be worth something. I don't know where it is anymore, but I had issue number one for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. 
Don't know why, but that's uh, you finally touched on something obscure about Spider-Man that I know, Daniel. <laughs> Congratulations, you did it. I guess I'm gonna goodbye, everybody. <laughs> and there goes Tom, Emmy Award winner or Emmy Award nominee, <laughs> Chris. <laughs> All right. Well, now I believe it's time to talk about Solo. Bill, you have been the one, I think, most itching to talk about this. I'll let you kick us off. Okay, first and foremost, I loved it. (laughs) Like, I was very, very concerned. Like, you have all the -the behind-the-scenes drama. Ron Howard comes in. Phil and Lord Lord and Miller get kicked off the project. They reshot 70 to 80% of it. And then we didn't get a trailer until February. So yeah, it's. It, I was a little bit concerned, but I still felt at the end of the day that it was going to be okay to good. And I think that it nailed the original spirit of Star Wars uh, to a T. And I just feel like every, I had a big-ass smile on my face the entire time. So it, it, it wasn't like, I wasn't looking for like, grand adventure kind of like the the saga films i wasn't looking to be uh to rethink the conventions of star wars like we got in the last jedi i was i just wanted to be entertained and i absolutely was entertained the entire time i i i would partially agree with that okay (laughs) i'm (laughs) as i think always seems to be the case i'm slightly more negative on it i liked the movie i thought it was very entertaining i thought it was very fun it kind of, I think it had some of the problems an origin movie has. Mm-hmm. The mo- It has the mo- one of the most egregious examples of we have to explain everything about a character mm-hmm. I've ever seen. The name. The name. The name is so bad. That's the one thing that like, and I, I've written down like, <clears throat> I have a bunch of likes right here and things that I didn't like. And the number one is how he got his name. Because yeah. uh, Bob Iger, <laughs> like, the, the the CEO yeah, of Disney, like a couple like about a year ago was like yeah we're gonna find out uh, how Han Solo got his name well and that's like, how they sold the movie to them because like it's come out like when Disney bought Lucasfilm they were apparently already working on this mm-hmm. and Disney pulled them into a meeting and they were kind of like well why would you why do you need to make this movie and like someone said, well, we'll finally find find out how Han Solo got his last name. You didn't need that, like, it's... yeah. Did anybody care? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> really. It, I mean, like, it to me, it's the same as like when X Men Origins Wolverine was like, well, don't you wonder where he got that leather jacket? Yeah. And you're like, no, <laughs> no well, one. How, asked about, how about where he got the name Wolverine? Yeah. yeah <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> While we're at it, the the thing the thing with Solo with Han's name that really like kind of irks me is that like it's so like and here i'll go i'll go ahead and throw this out there just uh for anyone listening this is not going to be spoiler free yeah because this is full-on spoiler like we'll do full-on spoilers this is balls deep spoilers we're gonna we're going to want to talk about specific things that happened this is not going to be spoiler free absolutely (laughs) um but it just felt like if like a 13 year old was writing like a screenplay for the first time. They were like, <laughs> "How would Han Solo get his name?" Well, an Imperial officer. He's gonna like, "Oh, you're alone. I don't have anybody here. I got gotcha. you. I'm clever. Your name is Han Solo. Done. Over. 
It's all good. The well, movie, the movie would have been the exact same th- way if you had just said, "Okay, his name is his name is Han Solo. That's his name. That's what his name has always been. His dad was Dan Solo, and his mom was <laughs> Renee Solo." The weirdest thing is he acknowledges like he knew his parents, yeah, kind of. That was, and yet it's just like, "Oh, what's your last name? I don't have one." It's like what? But like, I, it like you said, it changes nothing. If his name is just Han Solo. Exactly. And, and they kind of do that of, like, they're like, oh, look, this is how he got his blaster. It's like, oh, how'd he get his blaster? Dude handed it to him. I mean, well, here's, here's, like, something, here's something. So it's very important that we learn how he got his name, but not at all important, apparently, how he learned how to fly anything. Yeah. Because he goes yeah. and says, I want to be a exactly. pilot. And they go, great, get in the infantry, sucker. And then he goes in there, and all he does is, like, roll around in the mud. Mm-hmm. And then the next, then all of a sudden, he's qualified to just sit down in the Millennium Falcon, like, flipping switches, like, here we go. We've never seen him fly anything. And I agree. And, and we are going to get deleted scenes when the Blu-ray comes out of him at the Imperial Academy learning or flying or doing anything like that. But you're absolutely right. Like, there's... It, it, people call Ray a Mary Sue because, like, they just she's just great at everything she does. Uh-huh. Han's kind of the same way. Like, yeah. we see him drive, but we never see him fly until he takes on the Falcon in the Kessel Run. And and I will say, well, you see him fly briefly that right, big right, right. ship, yeah, exactly. in the first heist. Yeah. And one of my favorite things about that is he like takes over the controls, like kind of nudges into a mountain and is like. Doing at best a general job of keeping it level, mm-hmm. and then like the injured pilot next to him says with no sense of irony, "You weren't kidding, kid. You're a hell of a pilot." And all you <laughs> think yeah. is keeping it level yeah. like that. Yeah, well, I, I mean, told you I was a hell of a pilot. Even in like in the original Star Wars, when he's like, "I know a few maneuvers," and then he just goes slightly to the left. I mean, they they did that in, in Family Guy with the yes. Blue Harvest. They're like. I know a couple of maneuvers. Yeah, you, you just went slightly to the left a little more. Like, I will say, like, on the last podcast when we talked about prequel TV shows, I mm-hmm. mentioned, like, there's a storytelling thing of, is this the most interesting part of your character's life? If not, why are we watching it? Mm-hmm. And I felt like him growing up on the streets and learning to fend for himself while working for that weird Lady Proxima, Proxima worm yeah. sounds fascinating. Him being in the flight academy and not being able to follow orders to where they kick him down to infantry sounds fascinating. Yep. And we fly by both of those. Well, I mean, you know, how great would it have been to add the shading that he learned how to fly, you know, by by the he's an Empire trained pilot. I mean, like, mm-hmm. that adds mm-hmm. an interesting shading to him, mm-hmm. you know, because then he knows how they fly. He knows how to evade them like it adds a it's small but narratively it adds a little tweak that answers a lot of questions if those questions come up right absolutely absolutely and and like as as it stands now it's basically just like my dad always wanted to be a pilot but instead he just built ships Mm -hmm. and somehow genetically i became a great (laughs) pilot well my dad always wanted to fly too but i just decided to get really into star wars instead so i mean (laughs) Hey, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> so it, I think it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what I said on like Twitter after I saw it was basically it was fun. It just didn't necessarily feel like anything special. Mm. 
And and a common thing I've been running into is, because I had a friend who sort of said, like, they're like, oh, you saw Solo, right? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, how was it? I was like, oh, it was was fun. It was enjoyable. And Mm -hmm. the question kind of became, you know, should I see it in the theaters or should I wait? And I had trouble coming up with a good reason of, like, you can't miss this in theaters. I, I, I think that, like, Yes, I think if if you're even interested at all in in Star Wars, if you've seen any of them, yes, you should absolutely see this movie in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have to disagree with you. I mean, I think it it doesn't have the appeal or the 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 shine of the saga movies. But I think like this was way better to Rogue than Rogue One to me. Oh, I disagree heavily no. on oh, that. Oh, I, I am with you, Bill. I, I'm like, with you on that. Given except except for that last scene with Darth Vader. You, I think it's completely like, and people are gonna hate me for this because people love Rogue One. Like I know it's very to me. It's just forgettable. Like the the characters Mm-mm. just aren't compelling. I mean, that you you understand like what they're going for because you know like what happens in A New Hope and you know what the, how the, the, how important the Death Star plans are. But I mean, other than that, they're just a couple of characters that we barely get to know. I, 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 like- I agree with that. I, I felt like I liked it. I thought it was great. But I kind of felt like, okay, it just is like a movie to me. And this mm-hmm. is the same way. I mean, like, and to me, as a, as a, I'm not the indoctrinated, minutia Star Wars guy. You guys are. I mean, I've watched the movies my whole <laughs> life. You know, but I'm like, I've never read the books. I've never watched the cartoons. I didn't do all that stuff. But, like, to me, the at the end of the day, Rogue One is about... How uh, R two D two got the Death Star plans? Yeah, right. And at the end of the day, I mean, in yeah. Solo, it's this is how the uh, Rebel Alliance may have gotten funded. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah. it's like that's uh. it, uh, right. I mean, but but I mean, it's a long way to go for a tiny little setup detail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, but like, here's the thing: I feel like most of the characters who we really like in Solo are sort of because we know them from the other movies. Mm-hmm. Well, in 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 because a lot of the new ones, just like kind of when I first saw Rogue One, a lot of the new characters, I had trouble remembering uh-huh. names. But you well, didn't know anybody in Solo. You only knew Han, Chewie, and Lando. Well, I really liked, it, and I was really disappointed that they died. I was really starting to like Rio and Val because you, yeah. you have an actress like Thandie Newton, uh, mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. great in Westworld and great in everything that she's done, and. By all, was was great in this, and you just kill her off in the first twenty five minutes, and then Rio, which I I thought if you had if he had been in throughout the entire movie, he would have been the and not that there wasn't like comedic like there wasn't a, a joke break or anything, but I think that he could have been a lot better than what we got. Who was that voice? I think so. That oh, was John, John Favreau. Favreau. Yeah. Oh, that's who it was. I kept thinking I gotta remember to see this at the end. I gotta remember to see mm-hmm. who this is, and I never mm-hmm. did. He was great. Like, I, no, he I, was fantastic. I really enjoyed, like, and in, in, I'm excited. There's a comic coming out in August about Beckett and his whole crew that I'm excited to see a little bit more about their their background because I, we did not get enough of them in the film. No, I'll, I'll agree with that. And I think, honestly, that crew was way more interesting even than kind of the later crew, mm-hmm. which is yeah. weird because the later crew has, like, Lando and... What? Uh, the main well, characters. What, what is the robot's name? What is Lando? L three. L three. Okay. Can I say? Can I? I thought at first 
Okay, we're shoehorning in a certain uh, sensibility into mm-hmm. this movie that I'm, you know, that it's kind of right. like, okay, all right, because she, you know, she's a, she's a very, proud, mm-hmm. very proud, very uh, proud female sort of based character yeah. droid. And at first I was like, okay, we're, we're, we're forcing this a little bit. And I, I had to say I felt completely wrong at the end of the day because mm-hmm. I felt like I loved how they did that, but then made that integral to what happens on yeah. that planet. I mean, I, I, I really no, loved I it. I, I was very impressed with the fact that what started off to me as what I thought was going to be a one-note gimmick turned mm-hmm. out to be a really cool part of the movie that that, mm-hmm. that meant a lot. You see... The problem you could have run into L three was it could have just been another K two S O from Rogue One, and I was that—that's what I was afraid of. That okay, it's just going to be another like oh funny droid. We've never seen that before. But it—I it, it, completely agree with you. And before we go any further, I just—I feel like I need to say it um, because like from moment one, I was—I mm-hmm. was into it. Alden Ehrenreich did a fantastic job. He did conveying and 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 portraying. Uh, a young Han Solo. A lot of people were really, really worried. A lot of people begged and cried for Anthony and Gruber, which is a guy who played a young Harrison Ford in another movie before. And just from moment one, I was like, okay, that's that's Han Solo. Like there was mm-hmm. no question that if if he did not do his job and was it was was shitty as Han Solo, that movie would not have worked as well as it did. Yeah, I would point yeah. you to R- River Phoenix in yeah. the. Last Crusade, (laughs) who is not like Harrison Ford at all. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I agree with that. And I thought, like most Star Wars movies, you had some incredibly talented actors Mm -hmm. doing a great job. Absolutely. And And especially because I know some of them were even late editions. I think Paul Bettany was a late edition, and he was fantastic. They originally had... uh, Michael K. Williams from The Wire. He was going to play like a, a CGI alien version of Dryden Voss, but since but when Lord and Miller got re, uh, got sh- uh, got kicked off the project and they did reshoots, they had to recast it. and And I think Paul Bettany just was like, "Hey, put me in Star Wars" because he's friends with Ron Howard, and Ron Howard was like, <laughs> "Okay, I can do that." Is this I, uh, his first outing Star Wars? For some reason, I wanted yeah. to say he had been a voice before. Is he not? No. Uh, no, he's been uh, he's only done voices in Marvel, I think, and he's okay. worked with Ron Howard before. Oh, um, Paul Bettany. Yeah, he's yeah. been in other stuff yeah. as an actor. Absolutely. I mean, um, I wonder if he was just hanging around the studio one day after Infinity War, and he's just yeah. like, "Oh, you need someone to play a oh, villain? This... Sure, why not?" What's his connection I, I, to Ron Howard? Is he mm-hmm. uh, Ransom? Yeah, he was uh, the bad guy in was... Ransom, right? Is that right or no? He was. Uh, I thought he was in uh, the Da Vinci Code. He was the albino dude, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Uh, he was. Yeah, that's right. He was the yeah. monk, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the weird, the one that whipped himself. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. But yeah, it, it's I. I was impressed with how much, not just like I, because I knew I was gonna love Han and Lando. I I was really like mm-hmm. kind of shocked at how much that I actually liked like Kira and L three and even Dryden. Like and even like and I hear people complain about Dryden that he's one note. I'm like, no, like that dude, like he would kill me. <laughs> like it's. He he went from like gleefully happy to like let's drink a little let's eat a or eat a little and drink a lot and I'm like okay that's cool and then immediately go hey if this doesn't work out this time we're running out of options and I'm gonna kill you <laughs> so yeah. I think he did a great job that scene also the, the final scene with him 
Mm-hmm. Also, I saw it with my eight-year-old, mm-hmm. and to me, I kind of liked it because it served as like a primer for movies like that. Because mm-hmm. everything was explained, like almost over-explained. It felt like it was like, don't you know you can't trust anybody? Now I'm going to kill you. Nope. nope. I'm going to kill you. And so like, it was a really like spoon-fed end of Reservoir Dogs sort uh-huh. of thing for, yeah. for, <laughs> so, for, a young, for a young kid to see so, like how those double-cross scenes work so, out. So yeah. you're going to show your eight-year-old Reservoir Dogs? No, not that, yet. I'm just saying, you, okay, I'm just okay. saying it's a well, step in the right Well, he responded well to Solo. You might want to... <laughs> I will say other other moments I really enjoyed the first meeting of Han and Chewbacca. Oh, that was because when, when I first saw that, I'm like, oh my god, it's a rancor, it's a rancor. I saw, I thought the same thing. I was like, it's, it's so crazy no, you said that. That's exactly what I thought. See, I, I actually it, it, thought it was Chewie. No, no, because like you, you, whenever you see a scene like that, especially what we've seen, Return of the Jedi, uh, when you uh-huh. go into a chamber like that and you're like, big monster, oh shit, they're gonna do a really cool CGI rancor. And then it's true. I'm like, okay, that's even cooler. Yeah. Like, See, I, I, I thought it was a rancor too. That's so funny you say that. I think I was thinking it was something, and like for whatever reason, something clicked. Like before he showed up, I was like, I bet this is Chewbacca because they would just call him a monster. Yeah. And then like he just appears, like this is great. But like the moment of like they're fighting, and then Han's just like, rrr, rrr. that's so like, and that shows that like he understands and like he's just. He, it's so, it's so cool. I, I mean, people will say that like, oh, where did he learn that? But who cares? I mean, it, it works in the moment. <laughs> Every, well, everything about that movie was a it's an homage, really, to mm, something yeah. else. I mean, the part where mm-hmm. they're chained together, trying mm-hmm. to make it through the you know the, across the airstrip and stuff like that. I mean, like that is one of the oldest tricks in the in like the fugitive movie books, which right. two oh, guys, yeah. which a black guy and a white guy, two guys who don't get along. You know, mm-hmm. whatever yeah. it is. They're chained together, and they got to learn to work together. I mean, that's the that's a really old plot convention, like Absolutely. an old western. You know, that's. Yeah. I think that's probably that's the best word to describe solo in general. Is just it's a western, like, and it's a really good western. I could see that. I think it works better as a western than necessarily a heist movie. Mm-hmm. Because I, I one thing I did find weird is I felt like they kind of rushed some of the heist stuff. Because mm-hmm. if you watch a lot of heist movies obviously like your oceans 11 and even your ant-man there's like time spent like here's the plan here's what needs to happen for everything to go right and so as you go in you kind of know the stakes and the rhythm of it and Mm -hmm. so when things deviate from the rhythm you kind of can follow along with it i felt they kind of and it could just be changes in directors and having to do real quick shoots i felt like they kind of skipped a lot of the planning stages Mm -hmm. Well, and then you kind of found out the plan as it was happening, and you're like, is that part of it? Or, oh, well, okay, and, whatever. Well, well, Han and Chewie were getting basically just like late <clears throat> additions, so they probably already had they, they had everything planned out. Uh, That's so, a great point. Yeah, if, well, you, if you look at the movie from Han and Chewie's perspective, they were learning as they went along. Yep. On so. the first one, but not necessarily the Kessel Run. Because the Kessel Run, you don't hear anything about like what the plan is, aside well, from like Beckett goes like, Look, everything has to go according to plan. Do what your job is. And then you enter into Kessel without knowing anything about what the plan is. Well, I mean, I think that's that's the spirit of Han Solo, though, right? <laughs> like, just, like, making it up as it, as you go. And, and if it works out, great. And if it doesn't, well, we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah. So two, two questions for you guys in terms of uh, throwbacks to old characters. 
Did you love hearing a reference to Bosk like I yes. did? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was fun. I thought that was great. And second, did you guys like I did think at some point you would see Java? Yes, I absolutely. I thought that I. I was kind of thinking that. Yeah, I thought like at the end, and we'll. I don't want to like go. I don't want to talk about like the, the the big like cameo. But I thought yeah. that, that's who the like that's who it was going to be. It was going to be Jabba. I, yeah, that the person who it ended up being is the last person I thought it would be. See, um, I sadly had that spoiled for me going yeah, in. Yeah, but like. It's weird. They, there's clear references to Java because mm-hmm. they say, "Oh, there's a job on Tatooine with yeah. some crime lord," but like, yeah, I, I was not expecting. Like, I wouldn't have normally expected that cameo at the end. Yeah. I have to be honest, though. Even even if that had been spoiled, if that it was not spoiled for me, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, okay," <laughs> there's there's Darth Maul. Yeah. Like I wasn't like, yeah. oh, like I wasn't like. Oh my god, this ruins the movie, or oh my god, this no, makes no, no. the movie. I was just like, oh hey, there he is. I haven't seen him in a few years. <laughs> yeah. That was literally yeah. like my reaction to it. Now, were you confused about why he's still alive, or had did you did you yes, know that? I thought okay. he had True, died, you, but, but somebody no. told me that uh, uh-huh. if I watched uh, Rogue Wars, I would know that he's still alive. Or Clone, Clone Wars. Wars Clone Wars. And Wars. Wars. Oh, Clone Wars. But, but, but yes, yeah. Rogue Wars sounds like a fun uh, Rogue Wars fun romp too. <laughs> <laughs> Rogue Wars. Rogue War. <laughs> Star Wars Rogue Wars is going to be the fourth day Filoni project. <laughs> but no, so so wait, does he not have a bottom half? Who's going to stop for the? No, they're that? robot legs. So, okay. okay, quick, quick. We'll go. We'll talk about the Clone Wars. He he came back. Um, he went on a. He was on a, found on a garbage planet by his brother Savage Press, and he had these weird spider legs. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Bill. What? Uh, that's still such a stupid name. Savage Opress? Oh, Savage Opress? Of course Savage it is. Opress. Oh, Savage Opress. Savage Opress. If anyone if anyone wants a fun video, there's a dude on uh Screen Junkies named Joe Star who did a video of uh it could have been worse <laughs> for solo. I'm assuming you've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> but he has a lot of fun with uh Savage Opress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh anyway, yeah. So uh Darth Maul's back. He he played a, a big role in Rebels too. After they brought him back, he's fought against Obi Wan again. So yeah, he's back and died. <laughs> and yeah, so and I, I I guess we'll just go ahead and talk about it just because we're already there. Yeah, I, I'm I re- I loved his inclusion in it, and it's finally like Lucasfilm including every part of canon because mm-hmm. as you guys can probably tell, I read the books, I read some of the comics, I I, I keep up with it, and that. The fact that they, my, my biggest complaint so far is that they haven't really like made it feel like a cohesive, like big, like world in the movies. Like it, it, it feels like this side branch. But now that we've got Maul into it, and even we got it to a lesser extent with Saw Gerrera in Rogue One because he was also in Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just think that it's it shows a a willingness from Lucasfilm to include these other characters for uh, people like me who are watching <laughs> everything and reading everything. To like really like to pay off in the movies, and I will say two things. One, I think uh, Star Wars is doing a much better job of this than Marvel, mm-hmm. who just the movies refuse to acknowledge the TV yeah. universe exists. And I think that you you could bring Daredevil or, or any of these characters in, and it would be really really cool because there's been rumors that Daredevil may be in the next Spider Man movie. Which yes, please, hundred percent, that would be awesome. 
and, and as someone who fell in love with, I, I love Luke Cage. The uh, I love the series, and I think that he's a great mm-hmm. hero. Was and, it good? Yeah, I liked it. Okay. I really. Uh, it, it has. It's it's fun. It's it has good. it has a strong like. The first like five or six episodes are incredible, and then it just it, it goes downhill a little bit. But like, there it, it it's worth it. Is I it think, fun? Like you just said, fun day, and and that is and that it, it's it's got a bit more style. It's not quite as morose oh, as good. say Jessica. It, Jones. Oh, but then I'll watch it it's, because yeah, I was so tired after watching Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Uh, I, I liked the first season Daredevil. Didn't care much for the second season. Mm-hmm. I, I love Jessica not... Jones, but it was such a downer, such a fucking yeah. downer. And then and I was like, I don't know if I can just jump into Luke Cage because mm-hmm. if it's more of this, I can't do it. And so, I will say, it's not necessarily super upbeat and happy, but comparatively, mm-hmm. is there any moment of levity at all anywhere yes. in the series? Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, okay. Then there was absolutely. not one of You're those good. anywhere else in Daredevil yeah. or. Uh, or um, uh, Jessica Jones, I yeah. think. So as yeah. long as it has a single moment of comic relief, I'll give it a try. And I will say most of those Netflix shows, I think, would benefit from being an episode or two shorter seasons. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there's always a couple episodes in the middle where it just stretches. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. But you. yeah, but also my other point... Star Wars Rebels is a fantastic show. It is. It really, it, really is. It is. It feels from top to bottom incredibly just like Star Wars should, mm-hmm. and the finale is a masterpiece of filmmaking. Dave Filoni, like, he's the next, like, he's 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 the next Lucas, in my opinion, because he just, yes. he really, uh, he, he learned from him. I mean, like, mm-hmm. that, it was Master and the Apprentice. I mean, it... it I feel like at some point he'll get his own standalone movie because I mean technically he already has with the Clone Wars movie, but like yeah, but let's not let's, 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 guy, let's, let's not talk for, for about the, the movie. <laughs> wait, for those of us who don't know who he is, uh huh. Can you give me a quick primer? Dave Dave Filoni. He um he is uh the executive. Pro- he he's the creator of Clone Wars and Rebels, and he was the executive producer on them. He wrote a lot of them. He's really kind of uh. He's he's ba- he's the new George Lucas like he he he's fantastic in he, terms of like being a like he, producing these yeah, pieces yeah. in a cohesive any, way. Okay. Any animated show that you've seen from Lucasfilm uh, ha- is from him, and he uh, he really understands the story. He really understands the universe. He it, it's it's it would be like if someone like like me or or someone like Daniel and like but we had talent. Um, and then, oh. I'm, kidding. I'm kidding, that was a joke. No, you're, you're that right, a, though. That was a joke. <laughs> and, like, could write really, really well, and could catch that lightning in a bottle like Lucas did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he's just, I can't sing his praises enough, because he, he everything that he's touched just turned to gold, in my opinion. But that's and just me. He is someone who very clearly loves Star Wars, mm-hmm. And cherishes it, and like the the final confrontation between Obi Wan and Maul is just brilliant. Yes. and you have so many other awesome moments. Uh, what is it? Kanan training Sabine to use the dark saber. Ahsoka versus Vader. That's Ahsoka versus that's Vader. That's my favorite is great. episode of Rebels. But we'll uh, yeah. But yeah we'll, we'll we'll talk be, Rebels yeah, some other time. Absolutely, but especially because he has another series coming exactly, out soon. Exactly. Um. So I back to Han Solo. Back to Han Solo, but back to Land. We haven't really talked about Lando a lot. Perfect. Um, 
And absolutely amazing. I and as much as I love the movie, there were times where I'm like, okay, he's doing an impression of Billy D. Williams. Like yeah. it, it just mm-hmm. to me, like there were when when he was like the Donald Glover version of of Lando, as opposed to like just doing an impersonation. I loved it, but like the the first like the first like five minutes where he's doing it, I was like, okay, you're 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 trying a little bit too hard. Uh huh. But that's that's just me because like. For me, that's what I was really, really excited about in in this film, like because I'm a big childish Gambino, Donald Glover fan. I've been following mm-hmm. following his career since I was in, a, I guess, a sophomore or junior in high school, and so it's I was really excited to see that, and I wasn't just like disappointed, but like it did. I think those expectations I had may have may have brought that when I saw what it was may have been like I I, I don't know the words to the but it. it I, Words are hard. Yeah, I I think because he sort of hinted towards the beginning. I think in that first poker match, Mm -hmm. he's closer to like, this is how Billy D. Williams played Lando. Yeah, you mean the pansexual scene that uh, has been much talked about. I don't mind the pansexual. (laughs) I don't either. Which it's, uh, I think one of the funniest lines in uh, in the movie is when L three and Kira are talking. And she's like, it works. <laughs> like, okay. Like, definitively. Yeah. Okay. And then, Dude, I believe and you're you. sitting there at first, and you're just like, that's just a stupid thing that L3 said. And then it's like, oh, the joints are sticking up. You might have to do that thing again tonight. You're just like, what in the okay. world is happening here? It works, Daniel. It works. Yeah. But one of my favorites was, like, him... Uh, just sitting there recording, I guess, his memoirs oh, yeah, in yeah. the ship on Kessel. Uh-huh. And he's just like, like sitting is that there. Like Zap like, Brannigan? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this, like, like, stuff like that. This was the ultimate, like, if you're a fan of, like, old school legends of canon, it had everything. Like, they had, like, oh, yeah. a mention of, what was it, Terrace Kasai or whatever? Oh, which was, ter- like, Masters of Terrace Kasi. Yeah. Which was, like, the shittiest fighting game, like Star Wars fighting game from the nineties. I saw someone in a review who was like, "It's like a Mortal Kombat for Star Wars." It yeah. was so great they acknowledged it. I would that That's was not that, they, the absolute most garbage yeah, game exactly. ever. You see, it, it's it's really really cool because you know I, I never thought we would get stuff like that, and the fact that we got stuff like that, and we got a mention of Aura Singh, which is uh, the bounty mm-hmm. hunter from uh, the Phantom Menace, and we saw a lot of her in the Clone Wars. Um, so it, it's really, really cool, and I, I, I was very happy with stuff like that. I think that I think that it worked. And Bill, I told Daniel this. I, I have an eight year old. We, I took him to see it. Obviously, and on our way out, he told me it was, and he he told me it was his favorite Star Wars movie. Really? Now That's I know, awesome. and you guys know, as a uh-huh. as an adult <laughs> who's seen these movies a million times, that was not the best Star Wars movie. Yeah, but I think yeah. that. That that is something that should be paid attention to mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he is almost nine years old. He'll be nine. He'll be nine years old next week. When I first started watching Star Wars, I was nine years old. I know mm-hmm. you guys are younger than me, but like I was nine years old, and that's what captured my imagination. And I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, <clears throat> the absolutely. fact that he loved it that much and that he yeah. he was able to watch a movie that didn't have a built in. Bible of stuff that he didn't know, you know, because I think that that's probably hard. I mean, he, look, his mm-hmm. movies are the Avengers and Star Wars mm-hmm. movies that adults go to and go, oh, that's so and so, that's so and so, and that's so and so. He's just a kid. He wants to just go 
see these spectacle movies, have fun, and enjoy them. And he loved it. He thought it was funny. He thought it was exciting. And I think that that's really great. But that said, I do, I do think that Disney needs to stop dipping into the pool. Like, I think that uh, yes. this is good. We don't need a bunch of these. Like, stop and take a break for a while because yes. you're you're oversaturating. You know, part of the reason people love Star Wars so much is that they can't see new ones all the time. And if you and give e- the new ones all the time, it's not going to become special anymore. Well, you know? well, and even part of, like, the end with Kira, I felt like was kind of trying to act like a sequel hook. Which I want, I, I want that sequel. I, I, I was very hesitant going in thinking, like, because, you know, like, Alden signed for three other film or for two other films after this. Did he? Yeah, he Did signed he? for two, more yeah. solo movies or just that could be like in in Marvel where you can show up in a different another not necessarily a solo movie. So it is a Disney property. Uh, yeah, a, a Star uh, Wars uh, property. Yeah. Oh, a Star I'll tell you Wars what, property. They okay. might be relooking that right. Yeah. Relooking at that right now. Which, but <laughs> you know, it, 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 I feel like you, you could do a, a good uh, sequel because they're they're still. We're, the movie ends ten years before A New Hope, and we still haven't seen that. Is Han it ten? I yeah. thought it was. It's farther. ten. It's okay, uh, or I think Leland Chi, uh, who's the guy who's uh, one of the keepers of uh, who's one, who works for the story group along with Pablo Hidalgo. Uh, I think he said it was the. It starts thirteen years, and then it ends at ten years before A New Hope. Yeah, because you have the three-year time jump. Yeah. yeah okay. okay. I can so, see that. So wait, did you say? Th- how it's ten years before New Hope. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It ends ten years okay. before New Hope. Yeah, that well, that, will, that makes sense. It gives a, gives the Alliance time to start out, sort of mm-hmm. building, right? I mean, yeah. though I will say, and one thing, and this slightly just bugged me as a character arc thing. I felt like, and this was always going to be a problem with this movie because it's the problem with a prequel is. There is kind of a set point where that character is supposed to kind of be at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. And I felt like they had him closer to how his character was in Return of the Jedi at the end of this movie than where it was at the beginning of New Hope. How so? It didn't seem very much like a Han Solo move to just leave them all of the crystals. Mm -hmm. Like, what I was thinking, like, could even work best is... You know, because he's a smuggler, he's planning on just walking away with all of them, and then, like, Chewie, who was always kind of the one telling him to get more involved, mm-hmm. just kind of gives him a look, and, like, Han's like, well, what? And- They'll be fine. And then, like, you see as he's flying away, he leaves, like, one of the whole crates back there. I think Hera was right, and it's probably the the most instructive about who Han Solo is as a character. He's the good guy. Like, as much as he wants to be a smuggler, as much as he... He attempts to be cool, and he, he is cool, like because everybody wants mm-hmm. to be Han Solo. He's the good guy. At the end of the day, he may act like, okay, I just want the money. I'm only in it, the, uh, in it for me, sister. Whatever. At the end of the day, he still shows up. He he he, say, he he shows up at the Death Star. He he's 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 a hero. Like, and I think that's what what the movie nailed pretty well. And I think that's that yeah. line from Kira. I think that uh, that nailed it for me because I was when I heard that I was like, oh. She's right. <laughs> Maybe. And I can see that. Mm-hmm. And I will say, as much as I've had criticisms, I enjoyed it. Right. I thought it was fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, this will be a point of contention, I'm sure, between you and me, Bill. Uh-huh. I probably had more fun throughout the movie than I did with Last Jedi. 
Oh, dude. I think the peaks of Last Jedi are better. When it's really good, it's Mm -hmm. really good. Uh But consistently throughout, I think I enjoyed Solo better. Have you softened on Last Jedi? Who, me? No, Daniel. Because... We had sort we had very of. differing opinions. I really liked it and mm-hmm. didn't care that it messed with things, and you yeah. had a big well, problem with that. My, I didn't really care that it messed with things. My main thing was a solid one or two thirds of it is incredibly boring <clears throat> and slow paced. <clears throat> Casino Planet, give can, that Canto Bite. <laughs> I mean that. But like it's you're not there for that long though. It's not like you're there for like it's a decent amount. <laughs> you have that and the slow motion chase. Well, you know you, you and, and I, that makes up like half the movie. The Casino Planet was a little was a little long, slow, mm-hmm. and then it was like Avatar all of a sudden. Yeah, the, you yeah. Know, which I was kind of like, oh, okay, you know. So like I've I've softened on it that like I I'm I don't think it's terrible. It's I think it's just a little poorly paced. Mm-hmm. I can understand that, and, and I, I don't know what it is because, like, I, I got very into like looking at what Ryan Johnson was, what his motivations were in, in for each of the characters, and and why it's in there for a specific reason. Each character had to go through that to get to the end, and I understand why people like hate it and think that it, it slows down the pace. But at the end of the day, I think that like. It's a necessary pit stop for Finn and for Rose to go to ultimately like, or for Finn especially to ultimately like join the resistance for real. Yes, and I think part of it, I think other part of it is also, and this is kind of Ryan Johnson, and from like what I understand, what I'm seeing, like this is part of his style, mm-hmm. is sort of taking unexpected turns with what with your expectations Mm -hmm. and i think the problem is if you do that consistently then sometimes you're building up to moments that like should pay off character growth like it's it's awful to say but i feel like that would have been better had finn died at the end of it Mm, yeah because it's that's again it's him coming full circle it's this is my purpose this is what i'm here to help these people and he's going he's making the big play and then at the last minute, it's taken away from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're just kind of left there going like, oh. And I, 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 I thought in the moment, I'm like, oh, they're going to kill him. <laughs> like, they're, no. They're, and, they're, they're, going, and, they're going balls to the wall. And it's one of those things of as he was doing that, I was like, oh, they're going to kill him. And I was like, wow. And you know, I was like, you know what? That makes sense for the character, mm-hmm. for where he is. This, this is exactly what should happen. And then he gets like saved at the last minute at basically the expense in Rose's mind of the resistance. Yeah. yeah. And you're just kind of left going like, oh. And I, I think sometimes taking those turns led to where some character arcs felt like they didn't pay off the way they should. Mm-hmm. Because in his mind, he's like, well, people are expecting this, so I'll take a twist with it. But then it's like, some, it feels like you're building up to something and then you twist at the last second. So then, what was the point of building? Up I don't to think something? he necessarily. I think it's just his personal preference. I don't think he necessarily like goes into it like thinking, okay, I, there has to be a twist here. What's the twist? I, I think that like, what's the hardest? When he sat down and started writing it, the first thing he thought was when he was writing each character, okay, what's the hardest thing that each character can go through? And I, I don't. Th- if there's a twist in that, sure, 
that I'm all for and, it, but and and I'm not against twist. And the main thing is, I heard a bunch of people use that as the defense for it. Mm-hmm. Is that he's messing with expectations? Mm. And it's I'm not against a twist. I think a, a twist on expectations that that's part of what makes creative, fun storytelling. I just felt like that one went against expectations to the point where certain things didn't seem to make sense. Right. Okay. Uh, that's fair. And like that compared to some pacing problems had me a little down on that movie. Okay. I have softened <laughs> as I'm sure in time I will soften on solo. I still bought last Jedi on Blu-ray. <laughs> I will probably still buy solo on mm-hmm. Blu-ray. If anything, cause the robot rebellion resistance thing was hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. I, L3 I, just freedom. I think you can be a purist and still really enjoy this movie. Like I don't, oh, you yeah. know, Oh yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like, um, I'm trying to think I'm going to say crystal skull, but no, I, I can't. That's the Indiana, <laughs> Indiana Jones is my, Star like is the equivalent for me of Star Wars for you. Like I know every character, I know every yeah, you know, but like I can't get behind Crystal Skull. That said, I can look at Temple of Doom and say that's not the mm-hmm. best, but I still love it every yeah. second of it, and I would still watch yeah. it over most movies. So mm-hmm. I mean, I think that if you're looking at this as look, here are beloved characters. They're characters that you love, not because they're like so important, but because they're enjoyable in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. And we're lucky enough to have seen them give us a movie of those two guys having their own adventure. I mean, you guys are comics guy. I don't know if you got you, Bill, but Daniel, you're a comics guy. I hear yes. you all the time talk about the about run of comics where, oh, there was a great run where Thorin uh, blah, 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 did blah, 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 and they went to blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And that was a great run of comics. And so if you think of it like that, I don't see what the problem is, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I just, I I didn't see what there was to, to dislike. I thought it was fun, you know? I did too. Yeah. Absolutely. It It is, I think, a fun movie. Like, minor nitpicks aside, it it is really enjoyable, and it's it's just fun. It should have done better than what it is doing right now. Yeah, let's office. talk about that. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I think the word of mouth is going to catch up on it, though. I don't know if it's going to catch up by the time of these theaters, mm-hmm. but I think it'll be okay. Have you noticed uh, that? I, I noticed this because I'm a dad. There's no toys marketing. Uh, there's no toys associated with this movie. There's yeah, and and that's yeah. been kind of a problem. Like they yeah. they've they've had like. As of right now, there's like the Legos and like the Black Series figures, which are like the, yeah. the high end kind of mm-hmm. toys. And there's, there's a blaster. Been, I've seen the yeah. blaster. There's but been, I mean, with my with my eight year old says this is his favorite Star Wars movie. You should be marketing the hell yeah, out of this for kids. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what well, are you absolutely. doing? You know, marketing has been a problem for this really from the beginning. Well, you had the Last Jedi like six months ago. Not even that. Yeah. So and I think that's. That was another thing going against it is you. I think people were just like, "Oh, there, there's another Star Wars movie coming out. Didn't one just come out? Like, do, do we need to see mm-hmm. this one? Is, is it the same? Is it Episode Nine? Mm-hmm. So, for people who might not be aware of what we're talking about, uh, this has, from what I can find, uh, and it's most a lot of this comes from. Box Office Mojo, and also research done by Dan Merle of Screen Junkies. Um, 
this is the since you've had move since you've had Star Wars movies get more traditional openings. This is like the lowest box office opening take when, of any Star Wars movie. The Sunday when it came out and the predictions were like about a month ago were about 150, 150 mm-hmm. million. I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds about right. So when they came out on that Sunday and it was 83 million, I'm like, what happened? And and then you're like, well, it'll be it'll be saved by international, right? And then it's like, what's the international take that weekend? About twenty million. Oh you're like, God. oh, oh, this is a problem. Yeah, yeah. And like, it opened to about half of what Rogue One did. Mm-hmm. It is trailing in the box office, and we don't have confirmed numbers, mm-hmm. but like, there's. Hints that you're looking at a budget of around 250 to 300 million, mm-hmm. potentially expanding to 400 or 450 With once you take in marketing yeah. and distribution. It, it, and this could theoretically lose money. This could be the first financial flop for the Star Wars franchise. <sighs> and it might not make its money back. That's... I saw an article by uh, the Independent that it might be- lose close to fifty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Can I well, toss out something? Mm-hmm. This is the least marketed Star Wars movie, probably ever. No, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. There's not been anything. I mean, I have, I have Ziplo- I have a box of Ziploc bags in my kitchen right now that have Gamora and Thanos <laughs> and everything on them. I mean, I, I. Yeah, there's been nothing about this movie, and I've looked at when I'm at, when I'm with the kids at Target, and I'm because I'm like, I gotta see if they're doing something. There's nothing. There's no pre-sale mm-hmm. marketing wise in this movie, and I know that if it's too much, we would bitch about that too. But mm-hmm. I mean, there hasn't been. They have not prepped. I don't think they prepped everybody for this. They had a couple of trailers, no. and then they just relied on word of mouth. And I think mm-hmm. word of mouth will come around. Um, and I think it has, bit, but if, I don't think they should rely on that. You know, from the very beginning, like, when when all the stuff, when they were changing directors, I thought for sure, like, that they would push it to December. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, at first I was like, well, you know, they'll, they'll make it work. It's Star Wars is still Star Wars, but if they had pushed it to December, I think it would at least made the, exe- the same numbers that Rogue One did, because I... I there's nothing else in December. I mean, that, that, that's, mm-hmm. I think that's why Star Wars has done so well recently is because you, you open in December and then there's nothing for a month and a half. And I thought especially because, like, originally it's like, well, it can't open in December because, like, Episode Nine is coming out there. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, okay, Episode Nine's having trouble. We're pushing it back a year. And I just thought, great, you move Han Solo to that spot. Yeah. You move Solo to that spot and you're, like... That's fine. And then instead they kept Solo there. I think they were just stubborn about it because they were like, this this movie's fine. Everything's great. Nothing to see here. Situation normal. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw someone who said like, well, why didn't, why did they put it so close to Avengers Infinity mm-hmm. War? And one thing they says, like the tricky thing is Marvel lays claim to those dates years yeah. in advance. So- like, that's been on people's calendars for, for like five years. What they didn't expect was is Deadpool, Deadpool yep. move right there. Yeah. 
And, like, you could see them working around that to try to give some opening. They moved Infinity War to where it came out a week earlier to try to build more time Mm -hmm. to where the back end of May could be controlled by Solo. But there's just... I think part of it's there's just not room, especially because Deadpool 2 is a really fun movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you finally seen it, Daniel? Yeah, I've finally seen it. <laughs> it's good. amazing. That's good. It's great. <laughs> Avengers Infinity War is a really good movie. Mm-hmm. And you just have... It, it's, it's a crowded box office. You suggested, I think yesterday when we talked, that if you would even move this to August or, or some mm-hmm. other date where... You know, there, there's not a whole lot of competition, which I was a little hesitant to like, but but now that I think about it, like, yeah, mm-hmm. given three extra months to market it and to actually do it well, I well, think you easily could have, because... And coming up, like, in June, because it's not got an easier road ahead of it, mm-hmm. coming up in June, you have, like... The Incredibles 2 is coming out, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is coming out, and early reviews for that are good. Mm-hmm. And you have, and then, you know, July... Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Meanwhile, August is usually the point of the summer where things calm down, mm-hmm. and you have the thing, part of what made it such a success last year was it just came out in September, and there was nothing else. Yeah. Well, August and, has become traditionally the place where a surprise comedy pops up, too. Yeah. And we've had, True. in the last few years, we've seen Superbad, we've seen Hangover. Like, a lot of, like, the year's best comedies, they've been saving for the end of the summer. I think when people have blockbuster fatigue. So, um, that's kind of, like, the thinking now. But so far, this summer, shaped up to look pretty good after a real dud last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, like, I've heard some people say part of that could be, given... It had a very publicly known troubled production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there were countless stories about it. I think we've, I'm pretty sure we've even talked about it on here beforehand. Mm-hmm. And to move it again, even just a few months, it would make people go like, oh, it must be having some problems. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, but if they had done that from the beginning, if they were like, Okay, Ron Howard's coming in, and now this movie's coming out in August. I don't think people would have been as mm-hmm. as as troubled by it. But. And I think a perfect example of that is episode nine. Yep. They, they changed up directors, writers. Okay, Abrams is coming in. He's going to have to rework the mm-hmm. script, so we're moving it a year later. And people just went, okay, yeah, makes sense. And that change, like, from Trevorrow to Abrams came much earlier than people thought. Like, before Book of Henry mm-hmm. came out, they... they before Solo was having problems, there was it was well known that like <laughs> Colin Trevorrow and and Lucasfilm were clashing about what to do with Nine. Oh jeez. Yeah. And so, then Book of Henry, I feel like was just the yeah. final nail where they well, went, it, oh no. And it no. looks like because and I think that's why they didn't do it is because like if it if we announce that he's coming that he's done after Book of Henry. That looks super shady. <laughs> so that's they waited a couple of months. So I think somebody from uh, somebody who retired from like writing entertainment stories or whatever like let that out like in April that like when as he was leaving is like a big middle finger as he was walking out. <laughs> so he was like, "Yeah, remember Colin Trevorrow? He was gone by like June when he got announced in September." So yeah, it, it's which I'm assuming then they probably lined up. JJ well yeah. before then. Yeah. 
Which I, they just they didn't want to do like Trevor's out, JJ's in. They're like, we'll announce Trevor's out, and then like a week later, say JJ's. Well, in. and there were reports at the time that like Ryan Johnson was like who they wanted to to for, to direct nine. So mm-hmm. can you imagine like the backlash right now if after eight came out <laughs> and they said Ryan Johnson's the director of episode nine? That well, but Bill. That backlash hasn't affected any other Star Wars film, has it? I, you know, I, okay. So I guess this is... Obvious transition. So I guess this is the time where I get to rant a little bit. Have uh, at it. So, as you guys might know, I have uh, been involved, or uh, have, been, uh, have been writing and podcasting for uh, about two years before this. Uh, before I left, I was at the Resistance broadcast, and I was at Star Wars Newsnet, and it's it was great to talk about something I love, to write about something I love with such a broad and varied community. However, <laughs> <laughs> I cannot get on Twitter anymore without seeing some of these dude bros who are the boycott solo people who just because the Last Jedi and their minds ruined star wars i i there is so much toxicity and so much just stupid ass shit that it, it, every day i get on to, on twitter and they're just bashing and harassing people so kelly marie tran she played rose in mm-hmm. the last jedi she had to delete her instagram because so many people were writing racist and just harassing messages to her on her Instagram. This is somebody who, when The Last Jedi was premiering, she cried because she was so excited about being a part of something really, really special about something that she loved. This is somebody who was in two sketches with Jimmy Kimmel before she got cast in this. She was over, like, she was just overwhelmed by the moment. And, you know, get, you can critique her all you want. That's fine. You, you cannot like her performance. But the moment that you start harassing her and calling her names, you're not critiquing her. You are just being an asshole. And it just, it, you see stuff like this, and you also see Kathy Kennedy, who's the CEO or who's, who runs Lucasfilm, celebrated her birthday. And Star Wars, like, they, they tweeted out something about, like, hey, happy birthday to Kathy Kennedy. You look at the comments there, and, like, you easily pick out any, and you could just report it, and it would work. Like, it, it, mm-hmm. it would fit the guidelines for reporting somebody. I, the, I, I just showed up and like, I, I'm a big Kathy K- uh, Kennedy uh, supporter because she brought back Star Wars when, uh, when it, they didn't have to bring it back. George Lucas handpicked her. Mm-hmm. Some of the messages on there, you wouldn't send to the, enem- like, the enemies of the United States. You wouldn't say that to Osama bin Laden or whoever the hell else uh, you consider an enemy. Somebody that I reported, the first comment I saw was if I had three bullets or what's the three bullets and two people were in the room, I would shoot Kathy Kennedy three times. This is just bullshit. What are Mm -hmm. you doing? This is not. And and, and finally, you know, I I tweeted out something the other day and I was just like making fun of Roseanne uh, uh, with the ambient thing. And I said, I like to think all the boycott solo people are all on ambient. And this this dude, I'm, I'm going to watch my language because we're going to try to keep this family friendly. You're okay. You're okay. 
Bit, I think you're safe. We're deep enough into the show I know, now. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Bit much to even vaguely associate people unhappy with Disney to the Roseanne situation, surely. What are you talking about? You have been harassing and just being a shitty person to people that are, 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 do, are making something that we love. I understand critiquing it. That's fine. But the mo- I can't say something funny about you guys. Because you think I'm attacking you? Go to hell! Get out of here! What are you doing? Ah, there's no, there's no need to be cruel exactly. about entertainment mm-hmm. on any exactly. level. On any level, whether it's whether you hate Roseanne, maybe that's a thing. Maybe you that's... aren't happy with uh, Doctor Strange. I, I don't know <laughs> anything that you don't like. I think that we've become an entitled culture. And I think that there are people out there who've, who have been super fans for so long, and now the internet has given them a voice. Absolutely. And so now they feel like, well, I can express this voice, and and there's no repercussion for it. So and, you're uh, right. Yeah. It's it's And I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell at you guys. That was yes. <laughs> No, you, you feel better, Bill? I feel, feel better. a lot better. And, and you know, I'll, I'll end it with, because uh, Ryan Johnson, who, uh, who's been, if, if you haven't, looked at anything that he's done besides star wars look at looper look at look at the director and the jedi which is the documentary about how they made the last jedi he is a true he is a true fan he loves star wars with all of his heart and he put so much time and effort into it and the fact that like you know it's celebration the uh i guess it was in orlando a year or two ago you know it's it's tradition for like star wars directors to like Give pizza people like who are waiting in line like for big shows pizza or, or something like that. J.J. Abrams did that. Mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson, while people were laying on the floor waiting for like the big 40th anniversary panel, signed autographs. He met with people. He 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 was there because he loved the environment. He he stayed that so that people could talk to him. He he's just. He's such a good person and such someone that you want to talk to about this. So the fact that people are just bashing him and just bashing people around it, it it just irks me to no end. So and he's been talking and this he tweeted something out. This was what is today the six. He tweeted out something yesterday about somebody who was talking mad that he called him out, and he said your implication was not an implication at all. It was explicitly stated in your tweet. You're conflating critiquing a movie with being an abusive asshole to people online when it's clear as day that the two are separate things and we're condemning the latter and not the former. So mm-hmm. it, it, it just, people need to not be assholes, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Because it's, as, as much as I love Star Wars, as, as much as, if I don't agree with something that any of these people do, at the end of the day, they're people, they have feelings, and if you are saying mean things, then you're a shitty person and that you shouldn't, yeah. I, I don't want to be associated with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's, do you it's think so- that, um, a, a schedule that has more star Wars movies in it helps or hurts that? Because I, I would argue that it helps it because it allows these people to spend less time focusing on this before the next news news story comes out so they can you know, focus on that uh, I, I, the, the news a, the Star Wars news cycle has picked up so much mm-hmm. that I don't know that people are spending as much time whereas if you only had one Star Wars movie every three years yeah which you know, th- be... I think that's what what's what's amazing about like just Star Wars movies in general right now 
we used to get these like there were there was one every three years and then there was like a decade break or uh, or 20 year mm-hmm. break we're getting these once a year and even like now it's it's basically twice a year uh because but there's a huge huge drought between now and when episode nine comes out in december of 2019 so i i think it, it i think it will help a little bit that there's a little bit of time in there um because i i think that the backlash to the last jedi which is ridiculous as i think it is it it it, it had a bit of an effect on it because like even if like mm-hmm. if you have if if there are how many star if there are 50 million 100 million star wars fans if one percent or ten percent of them are mad and just spewing just hateful shit that's still a lot of people that'll cast a huge wall a cast a huge shadow so it, it just yeah <laughs> and especially if they're very vocal online yes, they are with criticism then like your people who maybe aren't even diehard star wars fans or just general public who might be interested in seeing this if they see a wall of negative reviews and like people angry at it they mm-hmm. might be more hesitant to go well you, know, you look at the rotten tomato score the the critic score was like 92 percent, and the audience score was 54 percent well, and you can see that even with, like, it's not quite that bad, but even, like, Black Panther had something where mm-hmm. it was, like, critic scores, like, 93 or 94%, mm-hmm. and audience scores, like, 78. Yeah, so, it, it's... That surprises it, me, because I, I, I feel like Rogue One was a bit of a... Was, more of a, oh, it was a bigger departure than what we... Uh, than, yeah, than and I guess, and, and I, I don't mean, to, don't take this wrong, guys, but I felt like Rogue One was more like... Hey, do you are you not super in the know on, on everything yeah. in Star Wars? No, exactly. Here's Rogue One, which is kind of like Saving Private Ryan, but it's a Star Wars movie, and so mm-hmm. I felt like that was like the accessible movie for you know people who don't know all the details, and right. I felt like they liked that a lot. Like I had so many people who mm-hmm. were like, "I'm not a Star Wars guy, but I really like Rogue One." I think that the people who liked Rogue One would love Solo. Yeah. So how are they? How mm-hmm. are those people not getting out there to see it? And I think maybe once, I think it's because those people don't go see. They're not fanboys, so yeah. they're not. The, yeah. They're not going well, to. It's not appointment movie watching for them. Well, so in, 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 you're never going to satisfy Star Wars, but like who, people who claim that they're like hardcore Star Wars fans, because when you look at the when the Force Awakens came out, it was too familiar. When the Last Jedi came out, it was it's too different. And now when Solo comes out, it's too the same. It, it doesn't take any risks. Oh, take it back. When Return of the Jedi came out, there were complaints because it's another Death Star story. Yeah, and also I'm, you have the Ewoks and they're, you know, that's ruining the... Like, it's... That's my favorite the, That's my favorite Star Wars movie, so I'm not... It's mine too. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's mine too. Mine's Empire, but I, Return of the Jedi's good. And I'll be honest with you, I uh, my second is probably Force Awakens. And it's, be, and it's because... I got the experience of that with a with a child. Yeah, you know, so I, I completely that understand was a really that. special thing for me, uh, and it was a great I'll, movie. I thought so. Absolutely, I'll, I'll absolutely. say this: my third might be Rogue One. My second, <laughs> my second is the Last Jedi. Well, I, I oh. love Last Jedi. I do too. I'm glad <laughs> to find I'm glad to find a purist who loves Last Jedi like I do. <laughs> yeah, because, no, it, because I was at work with these dudes Noah and Daniel, and they were like, Noah oh. was a lot nicer. <laughs> like I fully admit, especially early on, I was way too against it. 
I will free. Noah I will, look, I will freely say that of all the movies I saw last year, like at home in theaters, on my phone, whatever, the the biggest thrill I got of the year last year in in any in any sort of movie situation was when I realized that Luke Skywalker wasn't really there. Yep. That was the yep. moment that, to me. If you're if you're having me rank moments of the year, cinema wise, that is number one, number one. and it's yep. not even close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. and I will say that movie, especially from the light speed ramming, mm-hmm. which, like, as someone not even necessarily as a Star Wars fan, as someone who just loves cinema, that was yeah. breathtaking. Yeah, really. And like in the theater. That was interesting because like it's quiet on the movie. The audience was just silent. Yep. You it, and like from that moment on, Last Jedi is fantastic because yep. you go from there, you go to Crate. Crate is amazing. There's the little details of like that you don't realize at first, but when you see it again, of like Luke doesn't leave footprints. Mm-hmm. That's a movie mm-hmm. that like you had like the first time I saw it, I'm like, what the hell was that? I need to go see it. Like I, I saw that movie. Uh, I, I'm not embarrassed to say this. I saw it ten times in the theaters just because, you know, it, it's... <laughs> ten? Ten. Ten wow. times. Ten times. I'm, oh. you know, you know, the only movie on. I've seen... Ten, I've only seen one movie ten times in the theater. Mm-hmm. T2. T- oh, t- that, okay. <laughs> yeah, Good call. Yeah, that. Good call. Yeah, I lived I, next to a movie theater, and when I saw that, it blew my mind so much mm-hmm. that I went to see it every day of the summer at a matinee that's awesome that's i'm not sure i've ever seen a movie 10 times in the theaters (laughs) and you know it's i'm glad i brought bill on here to make me look temporarily cool (laughs) oh shut get that out of here (laughs) you know i did just rant about star wars fandom so yeah you daniel you are officially the coolest well yeah you are the second coolest person (laughs) (laughs) i'm not even the second coolest person in this podcast i'm still number three (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh jesus jesus but yeah um bef- but, and, and i'll say like this kelly marie tran also if you watched any of the behind the scenes stuff or any of the videos they posted leading up to the last jedi because mm-hmm. my sister was giving me almost minute by minute updates of those videos there is like no one who was happier to be on set than Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's like she she's a she has the ultimate sort of the struggling actress who then suddenly gets cast in, in Star, Star Wars, Wars. Yeah. and playing and, a fangirl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and like you can, if you liked that character or not, if you liked that performance or not, it doesn't matter because I think people need to learn to separate character and art from artist Mm -hmm. yep and you're like this is this person's life like she is not rose from star wars she's kelly marie she's a person she's She's, kelly marie (laughs) tran yeah she's an actress and like you you can't you should not obsess over this to the point where you are threatening people because that all that does is make the normal Star Wars fans look bad. Exactly. It's the same thing as, um, well, it's the same thing as like almost any kind of internet culture where you are judged and remembered by the worst people yeah. in that culture. And so it's like, oh, you like this. Well, didn't that really racist person like this too? <laughs> and you're like, but 
Like, really racist people can like a bunch of things. My biggest problem with Rose was uh, that I didn't like that they switched up partners for everybody. <laughs> like, I like, yeah. I thought that they had, that Finn and Ray had a nice thing going, and then it. all of a sudden it was like, yeah. oh, nope, we're switching up. You know, everybody uh, switch partners now. So, <laughs> yeah. I, and I did think that relationship came a little out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. We're going to save what we love. You've never given me any implication that you've well, you've loved me at all. <laughs> yeah, we had one mission together. What yeah. the hell? Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Uh, well, I think that's going to do it for our discussion of Solo. Any final thoughts on anything before we head on out? Um. Yeah. Don't be shitty. Don't be assholes. That's, yeah, that's, that's a lesson to take away. That's, I hope yeah. people keep. I hope uh, the word of mouth continues on this movie. I really do, I do and I hope that like mm-hmm. I hope that the the non super fans, you know, kind of get a hold of it. And I keep I, I keep thinking there's an old. There has to be an older crowd for this movie, and maybe mm-hmm. they, you know, maybe they don't go to movies. But I mean, that older crowd who knows Chewie and Han Solo has to come around at some point. I don't know when that's going to be. It might not be until it's on HBO or Netflix, and at which mm-hmm. point it can't be measured. But I have to think that there's an there's an audience that's really going to love this movie out there, and I hope it finds it in order to save it from being branded mm-hmm. terrible for all time because yeah. it's not. And and I think that it will it'll be one of those that once it hits streaming, I think you'll see a lot of people going like, "Oh, I just watched that. It was actually really yeah. good. We or, tried I really to tell enjoyed you. it, but it's." It is what it is. Chris, if people are interested in learning more about you, where can they find you? <laughs> you can find me down under the underpass. Uh, no, they can, find <laughs> me, um, they can find me on CM underscore Tomlin at Twitter, or you can listen to my own podcast with uh, the cranky curmudgeon Lee Cruz, The Funkhauser Situation, which comes out <laughs> weekly, and uh, in which <laughs> Lee questions everybody's manhood, and then Tells me how handsome Ryan Reynolds is. So yeah, he is five foot two. He cannot be questioning anybody's <laughs> manhood. <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised at what Lee feels comfortable doing. <laughs> yeah, Lee saying he he is a cranky old man is a very is a very accurate statement. I love Lee Cruz, but that is incredibly accurate. It's weird. It's weird because I watched him as a kid and like to see him like. <laughs> Make fun of me, like when I'm on set. I'm like, okay, cool. If you really want to get on his good side, be sure to mention to him next time you see him that you watched him as a kid. Oh. <laughs> we had an intern do that once, and I just saw his face go. How long have who, I been? Who was that? This? Who did that? I'm not gonna name them on podcast. Oh, I, oh, I this is over. I want to know. Who oh, wait, we're, re- will, we're recording. I will, I will type their name into the chat that only we can see. <laughs> okay i see it and the funkhouser situation a great podcast you should totally check out bill if people want to not be shitty to you on twitter (laughs) where can they find you you know what if they want to be shitty to me that's fine just don't be shitty to the people that make star wars (laughs) well i just realized i don't follow you on twitter i'm gonna remedy that right now Perfect. Sorry thank about you. That. Thank you. No that. worries, man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Star Wars Bill. Uh, if you want to hear my takes on Ambien, Roseanne, and Star Wars, uh, <laughs> just follow me there and just uh, yeah, reach out. I'm, I'm 
I'll be I'm wor- working on something right now that's going to come out soon. So uh, stay tuned for that. Very cool. Very cool. We'll be looking forward to that. Absolutely. And you can find me at Daniel Dunstan. Also, be sure to watch Hey Kentucky. It's a show really all three of us have worked on at some point. <laughs> I've, I've been on more than worked on. I just really, okay. I, 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 I show up and mess up. So. <laughs> and make television Yes, but you're the most famous mess up in that's, Hey Kentucky history. That's good. Perfect. Terrific. Look, Mom, I made it. <laughs> you messed up all the way to the top. <laughs> But it, it's it's a show we're proud of, and you know it's now three time Emmy nominated. Okay, but, the humble brag is getting out of control. <laughs> Look, I, we I'm have super, so little, Bill. <laughs> I have nothing else, Bill. This is it. <laughs> and what I would say is, like we did last year, a 1950s style episode called the Lost Episode. I think they've put a playlist of that on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I would highly encourage people it's, to watch that. It is fantastic. Tomlin does an amazing job as an old school uh, announcer. Seriously, <laughs> Thank you. I got a, I got a little bit of a went before it aired. I got a sneak peek, and I'm like, this is going to be maybe Emmy nominated. <laughs> and, and, you, you know, you and, never and know. It turns it out you were right. And what are we yeah. up against? The anniversary documentary of the Beverly Hills Supper Club fire. Uh, oh, no. With, we got it. With, we're coming. Oh, yeah. no. Which is, which is the still, I believe, the worst nightclub uh, accident in history. And I've, I've seen it because I, I, I live a mile from that where that is. And oh. it's heart-wrenching and terrible and I can't imagine anybody watching that and feeling that gravity and then turning on our idiocy and going, <laughs> oh, this is just as good as that. <laughs> well, I think we're just as good as anything. Actually, it could be argued that every night our show is a Beverly Hills <laughs> Supper Club fire. Can confirm. Can confirm. <laughs> Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us. Uh, we appreciate it. Feel free to uh, subscribe on iTunes or Google Play or your podcast viewer of choice. And feel free to rate us because last I checked, we still only just had the one that says we sound really funny if you slow it down because we all sound like we're high. And I'm not saying I don't love that one because I do. And you're not saying you're not high. We got another. Guys, if all three of us write one review. (laughs) (laughs) Done and done. (laughs) So thank you all for joining us. And as always, see you nerds.